Man, we are back in the studio, back in the booth. I got my boy Antonio Pittman here. Um, I mean, it's been so long since I've been in this chair um, to, to come and talk to you guys. Uh, thanks to Letterman Row for allowing us to be here. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to talk about a, a number of issues, a number of topics, but none bigger than what we're dealing with right now in this country. Um, the death of George Floyd has sparked so much conversation about uh, race relations, race issues, systemic racism, uh, things that have plagued our community, plagued our families for a long, long time. And I know you guys probably sitting there thinking like, oh, man, this is Letterman Row. I don't necessarily want to hear about what's going on. I want to outlet. But I think it's important. It's important to talk about what's going on uh, in the country, because if you don't talk about it, then you're not going to know. And then you're going to be oblivious to it. And there's going to be no change. So I think it's important that we have these discussions. Uh, we're going to talk about everything from sports, like I said, to racism, to COVID-19, and how that's affecting sports, and how it's affecting everyday lives. Um, let, let's dive right into this thing, man. Pitt, man, how you doing, man? And, dude, you work on the front lines of, you know, what's going on right now outside of the pandemic. So you work on the front lines of the pandemic, but you work also on the front lines uh, here with the Columbus Fire Department. So you see the protesting. You get calls for, um, you know, the fires and to go into people's homes and see what's going on here. Is it a, is it a race situation? Is it, is it violent? I mean, what have you seen and what's been your thoughts on everything that's transpired with this George Floyd situation and the multitude of protests in which we've seen in Columbus? I think the protests are needed. I think it's, it's about time that we our voices are heard. Um, it's a hurtful situation that every time as an Af African-American male um, you get pulled over by the police or just a, a normal routine stop, you're in fear for your life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't think that's normal. But what's not normal is that my kids have to sit there and scroll through the Internet and watch YouTube videos of murder porn. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a consistent thing, whether it's Alton Sterling, whether it's George Floyd, whether it's Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, um, and the list goes on and on and on. You know what I mean? For multiple of years now, it's been – a domino effect and it's just been a lot of anger building up and you know everybody wants their voice to be heard and I, and, and, I, and I think it's time that you know I mean we peacefully protested and, and a, lot, a lot of things have gotten out of hand but I think there's a huge difference and I think that that needs to be addressed also there's people that's protesters and then there's looters right and those are two different people completely different it's two different people there are people that's there because they're it's a large group of people, and this is a, uh, a huge distraction, and this is their opportunity to go steal. Mm -hmm. But then there's people that's out there that's <laughs> doing the right, right thing and protesting for our rights and, and for our voices to be heard. And um, it's, 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 just, it's a tragic situation, and, and I hope more people would open their eyes up to the situation at, at what's going on right now, opposed to um, guys sitting there saying, I don't understand mm -hmm. why. You know what I mean? Like that's the toughest situation for me. Um, I, I think I worked uh, last Monday. No, it wasn't Monday. Sorry. It was Saturday um, was the day I worked. And, you know, what I mean, a lot of guys on the shift was just like they just didn't understand. And to me, you know what I mean? Like I kind of I felt some type of way from the I don't understand situation because it's it's self-explanatory. You know what I mean? You sat there and what you watched was the assassination of an, of, of a man. You know what I mean? Um, he 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 choked him out pretty much. He put his knee on his throat and and and, and pretty much choked him until he couldn't he couldn't breathe anymore. He killed that man standing right there, and multiple people witnessed it. And not only people who witnessed it, but we had to witness it from a from 
YouTube and, and other outlets, you know what I mean? And, and that's extremely hurtful for someone to sit there and be like, I just don't understand. And it's me as an African-American man, as a firefighter, as a father, you know, it's it's hard to to process the information and then feel as if I'm secure with with everything that's going on as far as we we work in a business and where we have to trust each other. Right. And counting on each other and being there for one another. Your I don't understand what's going on, but you want to listen to rap music and you want to identify and you want to reap the benefits off the culture. Mm-hmm. And the same lyrics that's going on within these, the same lyrics that they're spewing out that you're listening to and, it, and it's going into your head that you're mumbling along with is what's really going on in real time now and when that happens and you want to take a step back from that and now you don't understand it's it's kind of like i feel as if i don't know you bro it's it's so difficult to sit there and to have somebody say they don't understand why this is this way why this is going on when you know we're in a modern day age right now to where you have social media. This shit is on the news on a weekly basis. Well, it's only been going on for like 400 years. Exactly. But but I'm talking even now, more so than ever, we're able to see it real time, what's transpired and how it's affecting individuals. And for people to say, I don't understand. Well, maybe this guy should have just listened and complied with the police. Or maybe this guy should have just got out the car. Maybe this guy should have just put his hands behind his back. Well, well, for one, he was handcuffed. Exactly. For, for two, once he's handcuffed, he's pretty much surrendered himself. Um, it's illegal to hog tie anyone, which I don't. They didn't hog time, but once he was sprawled out. Well, I mean, not this situation, but there's been other situations where I know, cats there's have been, been. There's been a lot. I mean, you can go on YouTube, you can go on different outlets, and 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 find a lot of different scenarios to where um, excessive force was was used and police brutality and and is is real, but. Um, it just, it, I mean, enough is enough, and people are fed up, whether you're black, white, whatever. I mean, people are angry, but it's extremely hurtful. It's at my older department that I worked at um, in Middletown. I remember day one, um, Captain Ludwig, you know what I mean? He sat me down, and he was he was extremely real about, you know, in some parts of this town that you're not, a, that they don't want you in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, but you ever face that we're not going to go in either mm-hmm. we're going to stand behind you you know what i mean and that was some real assurance right there you know what i mean and, and i i feel as if you know what i mean <clears throat> the guys i work with now um same assurance from them you know what i mean i don't i don't feel any different i i do see the the facebook messages in which they in in which they disagree with what's going on and and that is extremely hurtful. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna shy from that. When a guy sits there and, and he's in his mid forties and he comes to me and he says, I don't understand and I don't know what's going on, I, I look at that as a sign of ignorance. It is, but how don't you, you you see it. You see what's transpiring and you can't be that oblivious to where you're in your own world to where you don't know what's taking place outside of what you deal with on a daily. Because everybody listens everybody watches the news. Well not everybody watches the news, but everybody about 95% of people have some access to social media to where you see what's transpired. Because you can't say, I don't know what's going on. Well, you just heard about it. So you know there's something going on. It's up to you to take that due diligence and to say, you know what, let me figure out 
so what's transpiring? Let me figure out. Okay, if I'm a part of this, 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 this solution, or if I'm just a part of, you know, what's going to continue to happen. And I think if you turn a blind eye, you just sit there and say, "Well, I don't understand." If you post, "I don't understand," then you're a part of the problem because you're not addressing the major issue. You're not trying to figure out what's going on and how you can live your life differently to be able to say, you know what, I'm a part of the solution because I'm not one of those people that's acting oblivious. I'm not one of those people who's living my life like everybody else and saying, oh, they're just crazy. They're doing this for no reason. No, you're actually informing yourself and you're actually trying to live and take steps in order to better yourself so it better somebody else that don't look like you when you walk down the street. So that, that's one of the things that's hurtful and that pisses me off is that I don't understand. I don't know why they're doing it. Well, you know why they're doing it. Because of the racism that they've dealt with year after year. When you watch a man get killed and this dude is screaming for his life, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. His mom has passed away already, right? This dude is screaming for his mom. Yeah. Like, what's going on? And then what's going through your head as an officer to where you're, You've built up so much anger, right? And you've built up so much whatever it is that you got in your mind to where you got no regard for life. So if you know if your knee is on somebody's neck, and you, you know how hard you're pressing on somebody. Well, he actually, if you look at the video, it looked like he lifted up and readjusted his knee to apply more pressure. But I think the more and more that the crowd was chanting for him to get off of him, I think the cop's ego is what urged him to keep going and keep applying more pressure just to let them know that he's in control of this situation. He's the dominant force. You know what the sad part is, though? Obviously, a man lost his life, but the sadder part is that there's people around, right, watching a man die, but they're so afraid because they're black that if they were to go and try to get this officer off of this dude, they would have got shot just like that. That's how. That's That's the world we live in. That's how afraid... A black man is when they see an injustice happening with the police officer with another black man that you're not even going to help. All you can do is pull out your camera and look. And to me, that's a crime. That's a crime against humanity in a sense. I mean, not even in a sense. It is. Because I get it. You know, the police officers, they're held to a higher regard. We're supposed to respect them. We're supposed to treat them. Uh, you know, with the utmost authority, so on and so forth. But when you see them doing wrong and you can't even go, hey, man, get off this dude without the fear of being killed, I mean, that shit is wild to me, man, because we can't stop a true life murder so, happening so, right before our eyes. So what I what I will say to that, and then I'm a, as a, as a, as a firefighter, I would feel some type of way if a civilian within our, within us working in our scope was to come in and, and intervene with that situation, that might be caught that that might cause for grounds for a totally different action to to heighten up because your first you, you do want to control the scene. Right. That, that is your job. Scene safety, control the crowd, having that one person trying to figure out what's what to 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 gather everything down. Because sometimes in certain neighborhoods it's just about when 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 a lot of things take place, wild events. You can find that one person that's from that hood that you can identify with that got that pulse on that neighborhood, that he can calm everything down. You can find that person. But in that situation, that was just pure ego, um, a guy using excessive force, overdoing his job, and taking the life of an individual that he was called for over a $20, a fake $20 bill. 
but you, uh, you know what I mean. So it never should have came to that anyway. Over the over the the, the money, um, you arrest a guy for forgery and whatever else, and then you go on about your business. But when it turns, you know, excessive in that situation, if you know the people that you hold in such high regard and you have. Uh, they they are this authority figure. If they're not policing themselves, because there was about three, four other police officers there, if they're not policing themselves, at what point does someone else intervene outside of getting a camera and, and yelling "Get off of them"? And I that's think, not helping. I, I mean, that's so the I only get thing you know you can do as a civilian though. As uh, a civilian, if it, I, I'm telling you, I, I, I know that's I know, that, I know that's right. If, that's the only if, thing we can do. That's but the, that's not the right thing to do. What you want to do because you coming from the mentality of. And and you think in the same way I think. If I see my dude getting his ass kicked, we getting our ass kicked together. Right. There's no in between. But what they did was they separated him and his him and the guy. The other guy never got out the car. They right. sent the cruiser. They sent the other cop over there, and he sat with the guy in the car. And if you you switch back, there's a video um, that you can that you can watch where they like break it down in the real time, where they switching off until they do the different time frames and everything. And um, the cop is sitting over there, and the guy is asking about his friend and everything. He's like, well. Once everything is done, they'll release him. And then he said, well, they're calling an ambulance for him. You know what I mean? So they separated his friend and him. So once they separated the two of them, they pretty much did what they wanted to do. But, but that's the, the major issue because now, or not even now, this has been happening forever. The major issue is, is they got a license to kill, a license to do whatever they want because there's nobody out there to police them outside of a video camera. And we, we know, I mean, the video camera, it doesn't do anything for anybody Outside of obviously show us what transpired, and then two for a lot of people, like you said, it's just murder porn. That's all it is. That's all. This is still happening. It's still transpired on a day to day basis. So if we don't have that that middle ground to be able to intervene or interject, and, and I get it, I get it. You don't want any everybody interjecting in a situation. I don't think nobody with law should, enforcement. Because then it's going to open up a whole other issue. Because what's right, they're, they're doing the right thing. So I think you got to at this point in time, or unless you, people are going to yeah, start. Yeah, but then they're going to keep killing people. Then there's going to there's going to be more deaths. Like you're you're asking somebody to step in. If, if a guy would have tackled that cop off of his neck, maybe it would have saved his life, but in the expense, it probably would have killed him. You know what I mean? So now it's a domino effect of multiple bodies laying in the middle of the road off of a $20 but, forgery But charge. I'm coming from the standpoint of, okay, let's say this happens a couple of times. Now they know that, oh, shit, I'm not going to do anything – like that without somebody coming and jumping on me. So now I got to be able to treat this situation completely different from the jump. So now there needs to now there just and, needs and, to and, be uh, and, and already already pit though. There's been the situations to where all right nobody's done anything, um, and we just still been holding people down and killing them right in front of everyone. The reality of the situation is, but like how does that change? Though? It's not going to change. You have to change the mentality of the person in general. The person that's policing the situation, the police need to police themselves. It needs to be a, it needs to be an understanding of where I'm working at, what neighborhood I'm working at, and I'm not fearful of my life in any way, shape, or form. I understand the danger of my job because being a cop, being a fireman, it is a dangerous situation. Right. You know what I mean? Your life is on the line every day, every situation. So the, the severity of that, yes, that is true. But understanding how to deal with people, how to communicate with people is key. I think that the best people, the best chiefs in the, in, in the fire service and the police services is the ones that understand the, the, the community that they're, um, that they're in control of. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Understanding the demographics of each area, being able to relate to the public. 
That's that's the key thing. Being able to relate to the public. If you can come into a situation and diffuse it with you, with you just figuring it out and understanding how to problem solve and just calm people down, it it, it will help a lot. When when you pull off, and, and this was my lieutenant even said this. There's a difference when you see black firemen coming into a black home. It gives those kids hope. It lets them know that they can sit there and be like, damn, I can actually go work this job. It's a belief. You know what I mean? It's an understanding. When they see black policemen that's not that's not assholes or, or just in general, just minorities in, in, in a whole, when they see them patrolling their neighborhood or somebody that grew up in their neighborhood and they coming back and they kicking facts to them and they, and they, they sitting down there and they, they having real talks with them and they understanding where these kids are coming from and they showing them a different outlet, those type of situations help. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think the recruitment process and police and fire needs to change uh, drastically. I think they need to put programs in these ele- in these elementary schools. They need to put programs in middle schools and high schools and start teaching these kids more about public safety and just how to how to go about um, how to go about applying for these jobs and actually working these jobs. You know what I mean? Opposed to um, like, like we have a situation in place with the cadet program in, in, in Columbus, and, and and I like it a lot. It's it's, it's African Americans. It's ran by uh, I want to say it was Chief Hap's program, but it's ran by Lieutenant Towns, uh, Quentin Eccles. Um, uh, I can't think of uh, Boyd, and she's a lieutenant now. I think her last name Salvador. Like they run it, and it's a great program, and it's helping minorities, but it's giving it's shining a different light. I just graduated from the fire from my class, and I was the only minority in there. So, and and that's another one of the issues that I, I want to get at, man. It's I get that if a child sees a, a black police officer coming to the home and help them out and talk to them in a certain way, and, and the same with a, a firefighter. But how do you get to a point to where? You're not already behind the eight ball with this ordeal in terms of even applying or even just being able to get the job because for so long, like you was the only black person that was in that fire class. I know for a fact you weren't the only black person that took that fire test or you wasn't the only black person that passed that fire test. So why is there only being chosen one out of many that have took this test? And not just for the fire department, but for the police department. If you know this issue uh, is there and it's been there for so long, why aren't you doing more to hire people that look like these individuals in the neighborhoods that they'll be policing, knowing that it will make them more comfortable, knowing that it may make kids grow up and understand that, okay, it's okay to be a cop. It's okay to be a so, firefighter. From a systemic standpoint, there's that built-in racism. You know what? We already look at police officers as people of authority. So now, who do I want to have that authority? Who do I want um, – this is just my opinion. This is how I view it. Who do I want um, these individuals in these communities to look at as an individual that has the authority? So is it somebody that's going to be black? So, so I necessarily don't think so because we don't see it in the multitudes in which we should. So it's already, from that standpoint, uh, you know, an issue, and it's already pitting black people behind the eight ball even further because you want to one up your counterparts, and those counterparts specifically talking about police they just happen to be white or well, fire behind the eight ball already just from an educational standpoint you know what i mean Without, our school systems don't have the same resources that a pickerton will have columbus public does not have the same um my kids go to pickerton pickerton schools from day one they've had chromebooks from the start of covid they've had chromebooks columbus didn't get chromebooks out to their kids probably till like two three weeks into the whole epidemic um but as far as um 
police policing goes and our community is frowned upon us to become cops just from everything that takes place it's, from, it's, the, it's, it's, from the shit we just from, saw from the shit that with George seen, Floyd. It, it, it it's <laughs> already frowned upon us to become cops because quote unquote you're not being real if you go out there and you become a cop because you're dealing just, with your, just, you're just dealing with your opposer yeah so you're basically going against the grain in that mm-hmm. aspect of the situation. I think that mentality needs to change, but I also think that they need to dim a different light on that. That They need to create a different mentality with that job because the description of it does not look appealing to an African-American male. Mm-mm. I mean, that's just that's just what it is. That, that's my opinion, but it does not look appealing. The fire department looks very appealing, but you don't see them. You don't see a lot of African – you don't see a lot of black guys in the fire department. So we'll, – when you do see one, you don't think he is, quote, unquote, a nigga. You're like, man, he a dude from the burbs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, and that's how we view it. That's, that's our image of public safety growing up in the inner cities. You know what I mean? I do try to make a conscious decision that when I go into my girl's school, some days I have on my uniform, some days I don't. You know what I mean? But they understood that. I, they, they know I played ball. They know that after I got done playing ball, I'm a, I'm a fireman. You know what I mean? They understand that this is a career that they can obtain. This is a good living. This is this is everything. I want them to be upfront and be personal to where. But I also think that those cops that's patrolling those areas need to go be in those schools. They need to build a relationship. They need to understand the ling the lingo of 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 the the way of the town. Mm-hmm. They have to understand that when they pull up in the, on the on the block, that two kids having a. a a conversation and they're using their hands and they're yelling that that's just the way that they communicate with one another. It's not a dangerous situation. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't account for you or afford for you to go reaching for your hip and, and, and making the situation extremely hostile when that's not what it is. Just understanding the way of the land and how everyone else operates would help a lot. And, and, and this is bigger than a law enforcement issue, right? This is a national issue. Because we see it from it's so many different... It's, it's, a, it's a moral issue. It is. You have a moral compass that's built within you that tells you, okay, am I going to be one of those individuals, like I said earlier, that is a part of the problem or is a part of the solution? Well, we know racism in this country has been an issue for so long. For so long. And, you know, right when you think we're making a little bit of progress... Uh, something transpires that shows us that we are no different or no further along than we were 40 years ago. And that's sad because, you know, we have so many more outlets. We have so many more opportunities to be around individuals that don't look like us. But for some reason, it's still there in a major way. And this thing is it's about I'm bigger than you. You're smaller than me. I have more power. You're weak. At what point do we get over that and just decide as a society? It's, it's also what's taught, though. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? It, it, it's what's taught. If you, I if want you the power. Basically, if you teach your kids or to not see color and to, you know what I mean? Everybody is equal and and to help just just to be a, a decent human being. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it. I wouldn't say you wouldn't have these issues, but because these issues are still arise. But you know what I mean? It w- it would help the situation. I I I do believe racism is taught. I 100% agree. It's taught. Um, and even if it isn't taught, right, you learn from what you see. So if your parents are just so not saying, just go and be racist, go and hate this person. But if you also got parents who don't interact with somebody that don't look like them or only sticks to their kind or, you know, whoever their, so uh, their circle is, 
So then that's learned behavior. Yeah, so you learn it in a different way. Um, that's just wrong to me, man. I just don't – I just don't – You just, nah, I'm saying I just don't understand because I don't understand why you want to do that to yourself and why you want to do that to a child. Why do you want to teach somebody to hate? I, I, I can't – that's unfathomable to it's me. It's too time-consuming. You know what I mean? To, to hold grudges and to – to hate someone and to actually sit down and, and, and teach someone that it's too time consuming. It's, it's more shit to, it's bigger fish to fry within a day. It's more things to handle. You know what I mean? We all have kids. And, and the, it's scary for our kids. Well, it's, put a, scratch that. It is scary for our kids. But both of us, we sit right here and we both lost brothers. So right. for our parents, right now, for us to leave the house, I bet you it's extremely scary. For them, me being my mom's only son right mm -hmm. now, you know what I mean? You have other brothers, but at the end of the day, it still doesn't change anything. Right. So as a, as a as a black woman, as a you know what I mean? That's a, that's a totally different situation because there's a lot of single parents out here raising raising sons and on their on their on their own, and you have to you have to help your hope. Hopefully, your kid can survive the streets, mm -hmm. the police. <laughs> which is and you know what I mean and just life in general you know what I mean which is this whole thing which is, is crazy you know what I mean which, which is a crazy situation but I mean it, it, it's it's where we're at hopefully we can move forward you know what I mean we've seen some crazy times I mean just being out here and Columbus doesn't even look like Columbus or feels like Columbus on Friday doesn't. night of last last Friday we were out playing spades and then we get the call that soul classes got looted from that situation, from us heading down there to Soul Classics to help our friend, our mm -hmm. brother, Deontay, secure his building, board up his store, just to see the, multi the multitude of just individuals and the diversity of people just riding down the street with masks on, slow rolling down High Street, phones out, doing donuts. You're seeing multiple kids walking up and down the street. It actually looked like a scene and felt like a scene from the purge. 100 percent It was you know eerie. What I, mean? it, I was it, thinking it was the, as you were explaining, I was thinking the same thing. It was extremely eerie. And you know what I mean? We were all out there till at least three thirty, four o'clock in the morning and, and we left because I had to go to work in the morning. But Deontay and him stayed out there probably I believe until the landlord came of his building just to make sure that his property was secure and everything of that nature. And I probably went to the next morning. Like I said, and that you, wasn't to the next morning. So if you left at three thirty and I probably left at I don't know, probably four o'clock. Because yeah. I stayed a little bit longer than you. But it was it's crazy and it's wild to to think that Columbus, which is a city that's grown so much, that's so diverse, looks like a freaking ghost town outside. Outside of these walls we're in right now, you go outside, you go on Gay Street, everything is boarded up. And that's not Columbus. That's not Columbus. And it's like that all across the country in places that are, are just flat out afraid, afraid of being looted. Afraid of you know dealing with protesters, afraid of the police coming in different areas and you know spraying mace or shooting rubber pellets that are you know hurting people and changing lives. I mean, we're living in a time right now, man, that I never thought we would be in because I really feel like that we're living in those 1960s to where you had Dr. Martin Luther King going and protesting down in Alabama, protesting in D.C., protesting in all these uh, you know places across the, the world. Specifically, the United States, we're living in the exact same world as 40, 50 years ago, man. And it's just, it's mind blowing to me that we are here and at this point. But I seen something on, uh, and we're going to move it along a little bit because I want to get to what can some of these solutions be. But I seen something on Facebook the other day, or yeah, two days ago. And this question was posed 
to black people, right? Mm-hmm. It said, if you're black, how old were you when the police officer first pulled a gun on you? And at first I thought, like, man, why the hell would they post something like that? And then I thought, like, damn, I was 12 years old. Like, this is a reality for people that look like me. A cop comes into my crib, right, and he draws guns on me and my brothers. And you know how you are. Me and my brother getting into it at the house. Um, one of my other little brothers calls 911. Our parents are at home. And my little brother just calling the police. Just One, he was joking around. Because like, if you guys don't stop him, call the cops. But he calls the cops to please come immediately. My older brother, I'm 12. My older brother is, uh, what, 14. And then my brother between us, he's 13. And he's drawing guns on all of us. Our parents ain't home. I'm like, damn. And my brother Joey, the one that passed away, he grew up idolizing cops, wanting to be a cop. He wanted to be two things. He wanted to be a police officer, and he wanted to be uh, uh, in the military in some capacity. So think about how at 13, 12 years old, something that you grew up idolizing, right, how that alters how you see an individual in which you want to be. Like, he's coming in the crib and drawing guns because my younger brother called the police. Didn't say anything was going on. He said, hey, I need you guys to come over here because my brothers are arguing. Didn't say brothers were fighting. Didn't say anything was kind of violent. They come down drawing guns, bro. The scariest thing in my life. Um, but to to that post, I mean, do you got a situation that you can directly go back to to where you say, how old were you when you when I think I was 16. I think I was 16. We was leaving the boot. Um <laughs> And we were at the gas station out there. We were too black at the gas station. It was too many of us. You know what I mean? The cops pulled up, and they just instantly pulled out pistols. Um, this is young black I remember kids. turning my head, and the gun was, like, directly in my face. As soon as that cop looked the other way, I pulled off on his ass. And <laughs> I had no license, no nothing. But, I, I mean, I'm being honest. I mean, that's the reality of just the way that we live, the way the, the life that we live in, and, and the world that we live in. And the things that's going on, the things that's transpired, you know what I mean? But to be to be honest, though, this shit feel normal. It, it wasn't like it was a situation to where it was like I expected them to do that right. at that age. You know what I mean? Like I, it's 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 a totally different mental. It, it's just different. That cop pulled up to a situation that he was unprepared for. He was scared out of his mind. You know what I mean? You yeah. sitting here and you see the let out of two hundred black kids. And, and we're kids at this point in time because it's a high school teen club. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You see 200 kids <laughs> out there, and it's jam-packed, and all you're trying to do is you're trying to get them off of Route 8 and back into their communities as fast as possible. You know what I mean? And, and that's the whole point of, like, you know, you need to go out here and be able to relate to these people and understand these people. And, and you know, because, like I say, like, where we work at and in, in, in the field that I'm in right now, like, I hate to say it, like I relate to a lot of the situations that's going on, into uh, a lot of these houses, into mm-hmm. these homes that that we walk into. I understand, you know what I mean. I I know what it's like to have a parent on drugs. I know what it's like to. We wasn't piss poor, but you know what I mean. We had a lot, but we didn't. Like everything wasn't there, right? You know what I mean. Like we got Jordan, but we ain't got no damn car. <laughs> you know what I mean. And there were some nights where there wasn't food, but my mom hustled and she figured it out. So I can relate to these kids. I can relate to the kid that's sitting over there living with his grandmother. You know what I mean. And they're stressing the hell out their grandmother and trying to drive them crazy. You know what I mean. It's 
it's a lot that's going on, and, and, and I think people need to step outside of their bubble that they were raised in, appreciate what's going on, and, and it's time to have those honest conversations. You know what I mean? If a guy in a firehouse wants to sit there and, and, and be like, Pitt, how was it for you growing up? Like, break it down for mm-hmm. me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm willing to have that conversation. You know what I mean? Because a, a lot needs to be opened up. I can say college has opened my eyes up to 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 to, to dealing with a lot of different issues in life. You know what I mean? Because I was one track minded. I remember right. when I first got here, Troy was like, "You need to smile more, man. Be happy for to just be here." You know what I mean? Like this is this is cool, but you know the reality of it is, it's like, man, shit. I don't know if I can trust these people up here. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's that's the truth, though, man. It's it's not like you know you, you're going into a situation of unknown, you know, so we all had to build up that trust within the university or putting trust in our coaches, our academic advisors, and our teammates, you know what I mean, to, to know that we're going to be secure because you, you grow up and we all grow up in our own bubble. But getting get, getting used to being uncomfortable made me comfortable. This thing is uh, – I'm going to keep using the word wild and, and crazy and scary, but it is not only for me, though, but – you know, just for – it makes me not scared for my life as a black man, but my kids. I'm raising two black sons. And, you know, when I'm watching the news and I got to have my son, my 8-year-old son next to me and say, Dad, why are they out there doing that? Why are they out there protesting? What's that about? And then why are they break it in stores if they're out there trying to protest for a better cause? Isn't that defeating the purpose? This is my 8-year-old son talking to me. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, people are fed up. And you have and, – and I got to really break down and decipher, um, okay – I'm, on one hand, I'm telling them about the protesters. On the other hand, I got to tell them about the looters and why they're burning fires and why they're causing uh, big riots. And it's hard for an eight-year-old child to, to grasp and fully understand what's transpiring. But this is going to be embedded in his mind, and not only my son, but all the other minds uh, of young kids out there that are seeing this. Like, okay, this is this is normal what's transpiring. That ain't normal. It's so, not normal, and, and it's hard. So I, I think the biggest issue—it's it, not normal, but the biggest issue with our kids growing up is they don't understand or know our history because they've stripped Black History Month out of the schools. It's out of the curriculum now. They—they they might post pictures and they might do a poster board of their one African American that they that they can go find, um, that they can do a a book report on. But as far as like breaking it down and, and going through everything. That's out of the curriculum now. You know what I mean? And so so to them, they, they've never seen it. I remember, um, and and, it, and this was like hilarious. I was down in Houston when I got hurt. I was uh, doing my rehab and everything, and I was living with uh, Twan and them. And Twan's youngest son at the time, Ethan, um, right next door to their house was a white family. Mm-hmm. And this family, this they would bring food over, like brisket, come over, barbecue, like everything was cool. Ethan sat up all night and watched Mississippi burning. <laughs> he sat there, he watched Mississippi. How was he? He might have been like six, five or six. He sat there and watched Mississippi burning. And this is and this is the honest truth. Kids are smart. They pick up on things. He went outside the next morning, played with his white friend. He told him, we can't be friends no more. Basically, he watched that movie. Broke that movie down for what it was, said we couldn't be friends no more. <laughs> the parents come knocking on the door. They have a conversation. And it all came from just the movie. Right. You know what I mean? But 
they found a solution. They found a common ground. They sat there. They figured it out. The kids talked. You know what I mean? Right. It was a learning issue for both of them, mm-hmm. though. You know what I mean? It, but it was a real situation in real time. But as adults, we sitting there, we laughing. The sh- we laughing it off because it was it was it was hilarious. Right. It, it was it was a hilarious situation that he watched that movie came out. Not went outside, and then basically seen racism in the movie, and that's probably his first experience with racism. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As a kid, that was that was it for him. You know what I mean? But I mean, there's this situation. Their friendship continued, but I'm just going to show how impressionist like like kids are. Like you right. can just basically see a movie, they can break it down, and then they can just go out there into the world and just form their own opinion on it. But I guess I want to, you know, talk about. You know, yeah, we bring awareness to it. We, we've been bringing awareness for God knows how long. Obviously, you know, you and I know about Martin Luther King. You and I know about Mar- uh, Malcolm X. But those are um, the main two that everybody that 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 the book right, and so the world pushes. We on know you. about uh, you know what I we mean? know about Fred Hammond and you know like the Black Panthers. The truth, like they don't they don't go into they don't go into breaking it down anymore. Like there is there isn't a curriculum. Like there's not an AFAM teacher in the schools that's, that's, that's going through it. There's not a lot of, first of all, there's not a lot of black teachers in these buildings in right. general. So I get that, and I agree, but what I want to go to is we're aware, yeah, we can be more educated on some of the individuals that have came before us. Cool, fine and dandy. But now that we got this, we got the ball in our hands, right, as the people, how do you find solutions to this deal? I think that's the hardest. It's, it's hard to find a solution when people are still sitting out there. When you have the the, the guy who just got arrested, and I want to say DC when he pulled the AR out on on the on the mass of people. Right. It's hard to find a solution when there's the video of the the, the black female on her knees praying, and then the cop throws her down, and then the black police officer chases him back, mm-hmm. and she's hitting him and yelling at him, telling him how wrong he is. You know, what I mean, it's it's hard to find a solution when there's ultimately there's multiple clips of that. And it's still going on and on and on. You know what I mean? There's a guy who got killed by the police in Louisville a couple nights ago during the protest. Um, so there, there's hard to find a solution. But then there's still the situation in Atlanta that that, that no one's talking about. The the the, the jogger, who, the, the the black male who yeah, got killed, who, mm-hmm. who, who was jogging. You know what I mean? And it took almost what two months for those guys to get arrested. Right. And that if that situ if that doesn't get resolved the right way, there's going to be another protest. So it's 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 not the end. It's it's just basically just. I don't, so, I don't know how so, to fix it. So I wonder what's going to be the end result. Like, when is enough going to be enough? Obviously, you know, we know what they're doing. We know you can tie it into COVID, right? You know, you shut the city down, you shut countries or the country down long enough, they're going to want to reopen because of the simple fact from an economic standpoint, people are going to start losing dollars, so you know you got to open back up. So in this situation, you know, what is the end result or what's going to be enough for one I don't think we'll ever eradicate racism in its entirety. I think that's something that um, you're, you're always going to have certain people out there. But what's going to be enough to satisfy the people? Like, what are we going to – People are never you, – you, you can never be satisfied until it's well, equal I mean, playing grounds. And that's just the reality of it. So like, do you think we ever get there? I, I don't, I don't no, think we'll, I don't think you ever get there. I don't think we'll get there in my I, lifetime I, by any means. I, I think I think this these protests and being heard is, is taking a step in the right direction. And we have to continue to push awareness, and you know what I mean. You you starting to see, um, you starting to see in Houston where the the fire chief came out, the chief came out, 
and they put their batons down, they put their hats down, and they marched with the people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They understood what it is. It's like we're not going to – this is our city. We need to protect our city. That's unity. That's those. That's them coming together as one, trying to make a, make a, make a, make a better stance and, 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 and give us the assurance that, you know what I mean, as a fire chief, of, of me being a, a, a head of this department – this is my stance on right. this situation. I'm going to make sure that my guys are out here doing better. They know better. They understand more. So when a, a routine traffic stop or a, a forgery charge or however the situation may be, that everyone feels comfortable. Because right. for a long time now, it's not going to be to where everyone feels safe. I just traveled to Dallas. I went down there. I left. Um, I just got back yesterday. So what's today? Tuesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Today's Thursday. No, today's Wednesday. So I got back yesterday. I think I left Monday. Um, I traveled in all my. I traveled in my fire T-shirt, and just to, just to, you know what I mean? Because they were out there protesting. It was, it was a lot going on in Texas. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I travel like that because I'm going into a state to where it's a gun-toting state. Mm-hmm. And to be on, like, shit. I want you to know. Look, I'm coming down here on a mission to get my child. Right. This is what I'm here for. But at the end of the day, you know what I mean? You have to protect yourself in all ways. And with me working in public safety, I still understand that outside of my bubble, I still have to take the the proper precautions. And it shouldn't be like that, but that's the reality of the world that you live in. Yeah, I mean, this this ordeal, man, is – I just don't know the end result, man. Obviously, I'm going to keep on talking about it. I'm going to keep on trying to bring awareness. I'm going to keep educating, you know, those around me, my kids. It's just scary, man, because you don't know what the ultimate outcome is going to be. And then um, I think creating programs, creating outlets, creating creating just honest conversations. And it has to be honest conversations. But to know, where a conversation has to go somewhere at some point in time. It's going to be, you know, yeah, but, we've been talking for so long. This is how we got to this point because we've just been but talking about it. But don't nobody want to so. hear the truth. That's the thing about it. it. A lot of people, a lot of minorities have been in position to where they didn't have the power to speak on on, on social issues. They, 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 you just didn't, and it, it's just like, you know what I mean? Like you've been silenced for so long. I, I just think that people are just fed up with it. And these protests is 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 the beginning of us speaking up on on, on what's right and what's wrong. You know what I mean? And, and it's just like, like I, I'm just saying, we've seen this. We've seen this before, though. You, you, we, we've we seen have. It before. We've seen it with Rodney King. We've seen it with, uh, you know. Uh, Tamir, we've seen the protest with Tamir Rice. Mike Brown. We've seen it with Mike Brown. We've seen it before. We've seen the rioting. We've seen the looting. We've seen it before and going back into the 60s and 70s. So what is going to transpire next to say, all right, we don't have to do that now. What's going to – and this has to come from government. It has to be something that comes from government to where they put some type of bill in place. I don't know, Spence, you suggested that every police officer wears a body cam, every, uh, you know, Firefighter, I don't know if firefighters have to wear a body cam because we're not looking at situations with them. But every police officer wears a body cam, and when they're going into communities, if they don't have that on, then they're fired. So well, they do win that's them. one. Yeah, it's, not it's all of them. if they turn them on. No, they have them. All of them have them? CPD got them. Well, I mean, in Columbus, but I'm talking about just across the country. Well, it's, it's, it, well then, honestly, it's an expense thing. You know what I mean? To well, where I mean, the, we, there is grants out there. We to pay get, enough taxes to, to get <laughs> all across the country to be able to you know, buy cameras for but every I, cop. I, I get it, but they when, when you're breaking down numbers. and Somebody's and hoarding the money. That's what that is. Hey, somebody need to take a pay cut to make sure things get right. But I'm, I'm talking about from a guy that worked in a smaller department in Middletown to where all the resources aren't there. It, it, it's, it's just not. You know what I mean? You got frontline fire trucks that's piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like a lot of these departments don't have the resources. That's why you have volunteer fire departments and you have other other things like that. You know what I mean? Some some 
some towns don't even have their own police department. They use the sheriff. Right. You know what I mean? Just because the, the resources aren't there. But what I can say is in 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 towns where resources are there, um, like when I worked at uh, Washington Township in Centerville, they had a program to where, opposed to giving a kid a felony, they had them come in the summer and do like clean the firehouse, paint this, paint the hydrant. It's like community service work mm-hmm. to stop them from from preventing them to fucking up their, their, their juvenile record or creating a criminal record in general that's going to prevent them from getting a job when they turn 18. Right. You know what I mean? Those are the type of solutions that need to be in place for our youth and our communities just so they can understand and know what it is because a lot of them do get to 17, 18, and they get a charge where they get in charge as an adult. And it, and it's, it's, it, it, it sets them back for life. Right. This is why, man, it, now more than ever, I believe that it's important to go and do your research, one, on whoever uh, that political figure may be, whether it's the mayor, whether it's somebody in, in the judicial system, um, the governor of, of your state. Um, now more than ever, it's so critical to vote because you have an opportunity to impact change with voting and figure out who it is that's going to best represent you and your causes and what you stand for and believe in and take action by going uh, to the polls and voting. Because I think right now, I mean, we're living in the world right now to where there's a, a, such a big distraction, right, that's going to negate people from going out and vote. I don't want to go here because of this. I don't want to go downtown because I don't want to deal with the protesters and I don't want to deal with the traffic. I don't want to deal with the police officers and the parameters that they have uh, for me to get into this voting poll. But now, more than ever, it's important to take heed and go and cast the ballot and, and pit whoever you want to be the district attorney, whoever you want to be the city attorney, this, that, and the third, and, and people that are going to affect change in the right way. So that's the important thing right now on, on that end. I think that's how um, you can kind of start to have solutions. Obviously, nothing's going to be overnight, but when you, you, you take into consideration when you're putting people, the right people in positions of power that are going to help everybody, that's where it can start. But I, I want to dig in a little bit on, on college football and – not even just college football, just pro sports, college sports. But one, I, I want to get on college first. Um, how much of an impact do you think what's going on with this George, George Floyd situation has at major colleges in terms of recruiting? If you're a kid and you don't have a coach that comes out and takes a stand against what's going on, and not only takes a stand, and I, I'm talking more – than just sending a tweet. Cause I'm, I'm tired of the tweets. I'm tired of the social media BS and that being it. People just joining along and pouring in on social media just for the sake of doing it and say, I did it, I tweeted this, and I said that, and I did the, the Blackout Tuesday. That isn't enough to me. How much of an impact do you think it's going to have moving forward if programs and coaches don't come out and speak out against it, one, but two, take correlation action to what they're speaking on? So... I feel different on a lot of major pro- college programs in general, like Alabama, for everything that took place in Alabama, how they didn't want any African-American players for so many years. Mm-hmm. And now you look at all they recruiting right now is African-American players for the most – for the standpoint of uh, – for them winning national championships and everything else. But um, as a parent right now, I'm sitting here and I'm looking back at, like, a Dabo Sweeney and his comments from the Kaepernick situation to now to where he's saying a bunch of – of nothing to then the article coming out of the player basically saying that another coach called him a nigga and Dabble did nothing in between that 
it's extremely, extremely hurtful. It's extremely distasteful. And as a parent, I'm trying to remove my kid as fast as possible from that situation. Right. Um, this situation then got bad. You know, you can look on Twitter and you can see the AD even stepped in mm-hmm. and they're investigating the the situation with the coach. And it's been confirmed that it was true. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like that's a huge issue. That's a huge issue because, for one, you're sending your kid to South Carolina, <laughs> which isn't which isn't the safest place for a minority. Right. It, it, it is what it is. I took a fire test in a small town in South Carolina, and oh, damn, I wish I could think of the name of this. And I swear to you, and it's about to, it's about to be like a hilarious story. So we pull off. Uh, we go live in, We go stay in Georgia at my sister's house the night before. I got family in Commerce, Georgia. We get up in the morning and we just hightail it straight to South Carolina. I tell my girl, I say, hey, stop at this gas station. I need to get something to eat real quick. Put something on my stomach because I got to take a physical test and a written test. Mm-hmm. So I go over there, stop at the gas station. There's a whole bunch of like Swatska signs and everything in the bathroom. And it's like a whole bunch of just crazy stuff. So I'm like, whatever. Pay it no attention. Like, it, shit doesn't bother me. You know what I mean? I'm not one of them people that get riled up off of just off of anything. Like, you really have to do something to me for me to feel some type of way about right. it. Um, so I go over there, I grab a, brown, a a muffin and something to drink. The muffin was like 65 cents. I try to pay the do- lady a dollar. She's like, no, that's not what it, that's not what it costs. I'm like, damn, is it more? So I'm trying to offer her more money. She's like, no, that's not what it costs. She basically goes back over there, see that it was less than what I was trying to give her, told me I need to learn how to read the, the sign. So I'm like, all right, let's get up out of here. <laughs> so I go take this physical test, bro. I'm the only minority there. I'm the only black guy there. Um, and as I'm getting there and you start to look around, you're like, damn. Like the, the quickest, the, the fastest Waffle House, Walmart, anything was like 30 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So this was in the middle of nowhere in South Carolina. And I didn't know. This was just right. me applying for a job. <laughs> they were hiring at the time, and I'm looking to get full time. So I didn't know. I didn't do any research right. in this anything. I was just looking. I'm just applying for anywhere that I can go at the point in time. I'm like, you know what I mean? I can leave Ohio. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, my kids weren't living in Ohio at the time. They both were in Texas. So it was like I had my girl. We had figured our relationship out. And it was just like, but I need to do something for myself at this point in time. So get there, take the physical test, and I killed the test. The first thing the dude says is, damn. Never seen nobody run the test like that. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm sitting there like, all right, cool. So I take the written test. I remember, I remember, I know I did get on the written test. So I remember calling back down there. The lady was like blatantly like, don't call us, we call you. You know what I mean? Never heard back from that <laughs> department ever again. So just understanding that the time frame of, of just how South Carolina operated for myself and then just knowing how just Clemson is – a small bubble of South Carolina. Right. But, I mean, the university is in a small bubble of South Carolina. But understanding where he stands on that and knowing that, I wouldn't feel secure what with did him Dabble, having my what, what did Dabble exactly say? What he the, really didn't say. What well, with, the, with the Kaepernick situation. With the Kaepernick situation, he basically was talking about how he didn't agree with it and, like, he was wrong for that. And if we had a national anthem, which we don't do one at our program, I wouldn't allow my, my players to take a knee on that. You wouldn't stand and say it's disrespectful. And then he went on to basically say it's black people have a lot of rights and everything else. I mean, you have a two-term black president. You 
like That's Martin so Luther King right wouldn't <laughs> Martin Luther King and them. That's like these are things that that he wished for is actually happening for black people and, and things of that nature. Like that's pretty much how he broke. Not the addressing the down. shortcomings in which they do experience. Well, it, it's it's not even <laughs> that when you basically say that that you should be grateful for what this man marched for, as if it should just be equal in general. Right. You shouldn't have to be grateful for getting a little bit. It's like shit. Okay. Here's my crumbs. Eat them. You know what I mean? Right. Like th- that shit shouldn't be cool. But take that right there, boy. Yeah, yeah like 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 <laughs> like from that standpoint, right there, it, it, it's just not cool. Everything he said was just pure ignorance. And, and like Chris Long played a clip on his podcast and that he uploaded on Twitter of of, of like a, a eight minute rant of Dabo saying nothing, like absolutely nothing. Yeah, I'd rather trash. I listened to it yesterday. And, and, and I and I I am like. I can't encourage these coaches to come out and say something, but you have to. You have to. I can't because you're pulling these. You, you're pulling these kids out of like life changing situations. Like coming to Columbus is a better life for a shitload of other kids. You go into the the, the the heart of Florida where where Santonio San and Albert Dukes were from, or you look at a situation to where you know what I mean. Parents are moving in with their kids because this is a better opportunity. Right. These resources that Columbus provides and this program, the opportunity that this program gives their kid actually gives their parents hope to be like, man, I can go better myself. You know what I mean? So 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 there's a lot. I, I didn't mess the quote up, did I? No, no, no I'm, I'm going to read it real quick, man. I hate to see what's going on in our country. I really do because I think this is a good world. I think this is a great country. It's just that things get painted with a broad brush in this world these days. I think a lot of things in this world, not everything is so bad. The world is falling apart. Some of these people need to move to another country. Like, come on, bro. You keep going. I want to stop right there. Some of them need to move to another country. Like, I'm not condoning anything Clemson right now. When I see anybody that says but he some just of these spoke people out on it, a lot of them coaches feel the same way. Yeah, and I, and exactly. I'm not gonna, That's why I'm, I'm just because he did be in ignorant and speak out on that. In all my years of playing football, I was told by a coach, I'm not going to say where. I'm going to send you back to Akron to sell dope. This was a real situation that took place. I had no faith in that man from that day forward. And those who know the situation, can they know the situation. And it's a real situation that took place. And that happened to me when I was 18 years old. So, with that being said, that shit happened. Yeah, but nonetheless, man, him speaking so, out on that. But, that, but that's the belief of a that, lot. But that's the belief of a lot of I, coaches. I, I agree. But yeah, you believe that, bro? That was a conversation that that someone said to me when they thought it was just me and him there. Right. But it was other people there, and other people heard it. That's bad, man. And then it got rephrased to some other where he tried to laugh and joke the situation off you know what i mean so it's, it's not fair you know what i mean these are the beliefs and and and, and it's just happening yeah, the fact come he's out. coming out saying it bro I'm i not. would rather it come out than to be a, a, to, for it to be hidden though i would rather know where we i like to be on even playing ground it's never going to be even playground but i like to know where i stand because it, it makes it easier for me to to learn how to navigate and maneuver my way through this situation with me knowing where i'm at with you and where i fit in on your on your spectrum you know what I mean? If 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 I know that we ain't cool, this is just a business opportunity. I, you need to get yours because I'm gonna get mine, and then we split our our ways, and we don't ever communicate after that. That's fine. Yeah, that's cool, but man, this is college football where you're taking kids out of different states, moving them across the country, and entrusting them. 
you know, it's more than a business opportunity because parents are entrusting that you, child you are, with the coach. But, but a coach the comes day, out and says, this is go to another country, coach. some of these people, because of how you feel and the stance that you want to uh, – take on the injustices in which you experience and people that look like you experience and you tell me to go to the country? What country, bro? Really? Dabble, what country are you talking about? Because last time I checked, these kids in which you recruit, majority of them were born in the United States. Majority of their parents were born in the United States. Majority of their grandparents were born in the United States. So what country are you talking about going to and who specifically are you talking to when you say that? That's the laziest thing that I hear people say is go to another country. How can you sit there and fix your lips to say that? Well, this is a country that my people, people that look like me, helped build. Built like, a lot of it. Come on. Stripped of it. That's bullshit to me right there. That just it is that, bullshit, that angers me when I hear people, especially somebody in position of power like Dabo Sweeney, who his salary has been uh, you know, made off of the backs of young kids uh, a lot of times more so uh, well, I mean, it's a, a group effort, but I know a lot of his star guys in which we know are black kids. Yeah. Like, come on, dog. That's I wouldn't encourage no kid to go to Clemson after reading that. But it's a lot of these programs, a lot of these coaches that's just not coming out and saying anything. And you know I'm saying I mean? if they don't come out and speak on it, if you don't come out and tell me how you have a, you're going to have an action, I'm not sending my kid to that university. Period, point blank. I can't do it. I can't feel comfortable doing it. And, you know, for the parents that do watch this and listen to this podcast, I'm going to flat out say it. If you got a kid that's being recruited by a university and that university from the AD to the president to the coach doesn't come out and tell you what type of plan we're going to have an action to where my child doesn't experience that, or if I'm recruiting a white kid, what type of plan am I going to have an action to where my kid is diversified and understanding ways to deal with different things that his counterparts may deal with? I don't want you in my living room. I don't want to go there, and I encourage the parents, don't send your kids there. Because what are they learning? They learn how to play football. Yeah, they may win national championships. But, shit, right now we're in a situation to where we don't even know if we're going to have college football. We don't even know if we're going to have sports. And you got to live in the real world and deal with real-life things. So what do you do then if he's not prepared and equipped? So, for me. Well, a lot of yeah. the kids aren't they're not going to be prepared and equipped even after they lose, even after they leave the institution that they're at. Because you're, you're That's why I ain't trained, going at this point in time. You're only trained to basically play football you're, you're here for this this is the reason that you're here you're not out here networking and, and trying to build relationships for life after this sport you know what i mean now it's just starting to be cool to where you know what i mean guys are getting smart and they're creating their own youtube or their own twitch or you know what i mean they've built up a, a social media following you know what i mean if i'm a college athlete right now and i'm a big time guy i'm making my own merchandise and i'm selling it asap because university can't stop it i wouldn't print you you, you don't use the block o right. but like lamar jackson did he 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 does those um his own little t-shirt line outside of it's not a Nike shirt it's not anything it's his own thing that he started he makes his own money off of it but I think those are the avenues that college players need to do start taking advantage of your own likeness and preparing yourself for life after football because you're looking at two former players that sat here and once their football career were done were fucking lost you know what I mean and and it's not like you can go back to that institution or whatever and be like hey I did X Y and Z. So, um, what's up with a job? I wasn't lost though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. No, but okay. I, I get what I get what you're saying. 100%. Okay. <laughs> okay, but at the end of the day, you didn't get any backing from, you didn't get the support that you thought that, that you right that thought was going to be there that, from, that yeah. you thought was going to be there. You know what I mean? And, and being able to navigate your own way through it and create your own lanes. You know what I mean? Like it would be super cool if 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 a, if a, if a guy right now that's playing. Like after his home games at, at two o'clock, 
I mean, at noon, he go and do Buckeye Fever at night or something mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? Or there's a platform created for him to go ahead and break down the film. Or, or he just start doing media or, 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 you know what I mean? He controls a camera for basketball. Let him enroll. Let him I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hell of an opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, you give him a camera, you start letting him, like, do photography or, or just learn how to just create different avenues for themselves. Teaching them a trade. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot that goes on, and there's a lot of black athletes that once their career is done, they go back to their hood, and they go back to what they know, right. and all they know is the streets. You're an educated thug. You know what I mean? Like, And I, I won't even say you're a thug. Like, yeah, you just out there. Like, you educated, and you in the grind of, of what you know, and you going back to what of, – of, of just what you were taught. And that's not and, – and that's setting yourself up for failure. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that was my biggest thing once I got done. I just never wanted to move back to Akron. I just never wanted to move back to Akron because I knew the outcome and what would take place if I moved back to Akron. Yeah. I mean, this whole ordeal, man, I want to keep on saying it, is just wild. And, you know, I, I, I can't fathom, you know, what's going to – I just can't understand it for its entirety. Um, well, I'm sounding like the people who I'm, I'm talking about on, on Facebook that say they can understand it. I can't understand that we're still in this situation. I, I know why we're here. But it's just so mind-blowing to me that we are because it's so nostalgic of 50s, 60s, 70s. I mean, just what's been continuing to happen. And I think, you know, it has to be a change moving forward. It definitely has to. Um, digging back in on, on the world of sports, um, what type of stand do you think well, – we already tried it. You had the, the, the NFL Players Coalition to where, you know, you got Malcolm Jenkins, uh, you had a, a Eric Reed. A bunch of individuals, you know, Anquan Bolden stepping up, uh, trying to be at the forefront of obviously the Colin Kaepernick movement in which he started uh, for, hey, what for was equality. His the, uh, uh, police brutality. But the NFL did release a statement talking about they don't pretty much on on the situation with uh, George Floyd. Mm-hmm. They released a statement, but this man still doesn't have a job. Yeah. And this is exactly what he was talking about. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, this is like, it, I, it's crazy, man. Like, it, it's 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 mind-blowing. I think we have to have a group of people come together because even with the Players Coalition, you had Eric Reed say, you know what, I'm not a part of this anymore because him and Malcolm Jenkins are going back and forth. And then we had the deal to where, you know, they're going to get into it, po- uh, you know, pregame, talking about dumb things that really draw away from what you're all trying to do. So you got to have a group of people come together and, and – Formulate a plan and stick so, to that plan to so where it's going to eradicate a lot of different things. Obviously, I don't think racism will ever be fully eradicated, but I think the information has to be out there for people to be able to dissect, understand, educate themselves to be better moving forward. And how do you do that? So I think the Eric, the Eric Reed and the Malcolm situation, you know what I mean? It draws away from the, the, the – it draws attention away from the, the, the real cause only because we didn't get the backstory of what them two were beefing over. Something transpired in there in, in which it was a disagreement. It was the money deal. You know, I don't think Eric Reed thought that taking the money from the NFL that was going to go to a, an abundance of different programs um, was enough, or I don't know if he wanted to take it at all. But I think you got to take something because, like I said before, if you don't take anything and if you don't, if you don't take some type of action – or accept something on the behalf of this, that, and the third, then what's the end result? So then we just keep rotation and we keep talking about the, it. And I think that's where Malcolm and Anquan was. Okay, what do you want for us to happen? 
I think they ultimately wanted Kaepernick to have a job. Oh, but I, I, I think that was Eric Reed's stance on it. Like, no, nah, we're not going to take what they're offering us until our mans get a job or a, a fair shot at some type of employment. You know what I mean? I, I think that's what it was. Take, Which he, he certainly should have had. Big, taking peanuts from a billion-dollar industry, you know how I know um, the taxes that, that, are, that are taken out. Right. You know what I mean from those checks, and and you still you still you looking back at the neighborhoods in which we used to have to go to to get haircuts and things of that nature, mm-hmm. and you sitting back like, like damn, this look worse than Akron. Right. You know what I mean, or or, or you know like t- there can be a lot more done though, man. That's the reality of it, man. There's a lot of resources out here, and uh, but it starts with something, something happening. And, and nobody wants to acknowledge it. The people in power don't want to acknowledge the something that 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 that, that needs to happen. You know what I mean? That's where everything goes wrong at when you turn a blind eye to it. You know what I mean? Like you can read the paper right now. You can you can see four guys going to a home they, a home invasion. Somebody gets shot. Everybody gets charged with murder. Cop kneels down, kills an ind- kills a black man in the street. He gets charged. Third degree murder. With third degree <laughs> murder, which probably will get reduced down to manslaughter. Yeah. Which is I mean, because basically third degree, but it's gonna be. Knocked all the way down it's, it's, for sure, it's right? In the, in the between, you know what I mean. But so, so you're looking at it from from that standpoint of, you know what I mean? Like there has to be a system in place to where people acknowledge what's going on and they want to help. You have to want to help. You have to want to be a part of the solution. If not, you just keep turning a blind eye to it, throwing a small bandaid over a, a big hole, and it's not filling it. And then something else happens, and then you get more outrage, and then you get more, and then more people are sitting there and they're questioning why, what's going on, and they're looking confused and dumbfounded on the issues at, at hand, and it never gets fixed. Do you think if the police would have came out immediately and said, you know what, these guys are fired and they're being charged they with murder? They fired them. Well, and charged with murder initially. Do you think we've gotten to, we would have gotten to this point to where we're seeing the protests and we're seeing the riots and all that? I think we still would have but I think there would have been a, a better understanding of, of what. You know what I mean? When you're seeing your, your community crippled by drug charges that's sending people away for 25, 30 years. You know what I mean? Conspiracy charges on, on your friends and you're seeing your whole neighborhood get depleted um, off of things like that. But then when you see blatant crime, blatant murder and, and, and things like that and then it, the, the, the delay for – action to 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 happen it takes people protesting and, and, and outraging and and things of that situation you know what i mean like they went out and they surrounded the the, the cop's home you know what i mm-hmm. mean and, and made sure that he was secure and and they brought him out you know what i mean and well nobody ever seen him get arrested he probably drove in and turned himself in right. and, and a, so you know what i mean it, it's, it's situations like that to where there's no understanding because it's not handled the same right you know what i mean you see uh uh, a school shooting or, or the, the, the the one kid who shot up the church. You know what I mean? They handcuffed him and brought him out in a bulletproof vest. And took him to Burger King before he went to jail. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, they, but they, they brought him out in handcuffs and a bulletproof vest, but they're carrying us off in body bags. Yeah. So there could never be any understanding of that when when it's, when it's always handled differently. You know what I mean? But it's time for people to not turn a blind eye to it or throw money at the situation, and everybody need to come up with a solution. The solution, man, out the gate is just accountability. Start taking accountability. Start holding people accountable um, for the things that they do. And not just because of somebody looks a certain way, uh, being black, he's going to be held accountable, and his penalty is going to be much harsher. No, hold him to the same standard that you hold your other counterparts to. That's my deal, man. Just accountability. Like, we're not going to get to this thing overnight. We're not going to uh, find the solutions and nobody's going to have the end-all, be-all cure. But accountability and information. 
I don't know, but this is a suggestion. I mean, I was reading something, and I got to thinking, um, maybe this whole racism deal could be uh, eradicated, I don't know, maybe 75% if out the gate, right? Kids go into schools, whether you're going into a white school or a black school, you have a program to where, I don't know, let's say twice a week, where whatever white schools over here, whatever black schools over here, they're integrating, and we got a class or a day dedicated to, uh, you know, race relations and how to deal with people that don't look like you and how to just intermingle and intertwine with people that don't look like you and equality classes. If that started from the time kids were in school all the way up, I, I mean, maybe that next generation will uh, well, be a lot better off so, than us because you know how to deal with people uh, better. You know how to deal with somebody that don't look like you and you understand this person's struggle. You understand why this person feel that way. I don't know. Just a suggestion. So, so Something. That's, that's like a wild – that's like a that's, a that's a that's a wild scenario on the standpoint of the educational level isn't the same. So the curriculum, these kids don't learn on the same level. They don't understand. So you can create as many programs as you want, but if somebody's sitting there and they don't understand what they're being taught, it's never gonna work. Because now you're gonna start getting kids that's gonna act out because now they're sitting there like, Man, you pushing this agenda on us, bro, that we don't Well, I gotta start with something. I mean so if I, I somebody think, gotta learn this ability that you help them. I think pushing, what's best for them to learn. education on the same level, no matter if it's a private school education or public school education, I, I think trying to get it to where it's equal across the board. Everybody's learning the same thing at the same rate, and they all have the same resources to learn. You know what I mean? I, I, I think that would start, and that would kill a lot of ignorance just because you know how to under, you know how to tackle problems a lot better. You know what I mean? When you got, but if you don't know how to deal with what you're talking about, but if you're from not a, taught, a race standpoint, if you're not taught how to handle an issue, or if you're not taught how to understand, that's why race, you. That's why you. Enter, that's why you have the class. I mean, I get from a you know a math and, and Columbus public opposed to to Pickering schools is going to be different. Reading. But I'm talking about a reading. I, I I I understand all that, but I'm talking about something to where they're learning on the same level about one topic. Yeah, I get that. But if they don't understand how to learn in general, they're not going to learn how to understand that topic that you're teaching. Like, that's the, that's that's what I'm saying. If if you can't break down, if you can't digest the curriculum that, that, that you're being taught and, and, and process that information, how can you go out here? And, and now you're going to feel like it's a chore. Like, you're teaching me some more shit that I can't learn. But I think it's ways to teach. I, I think it's, it's but all about the style of resources. If if a kid learns on a slower scale, you that's 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 what the I Promise School is. It's 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 a, it's it's pre- pretty much of kids that learn on a, a slower scale, right. getting them back up to speed, and then they put them back into their classrooms after they they catch back up and yeah, so I mean excel. Nonetheless, the people that do do good in school, y'all all in the same class, just like you would be the people that are learning on the same scale. Cool. The people that aren't, we all put them in that same class, but nonetheless, we have that educational uh, foundation of Okay, where well, we're dealing and we're learning about race relations and equality and how to deal with people that don't look like you. So, if everybody, you're gonna have certain people who don't comp- understand and comprehend. Just put them in a the class to where you got to break it down a little bit differently. That's just my solution, man. I, I got to start somewhere, and I just don't know that we'll ever get to a place to where it's it's totally eradicated. But I think the more information that we have out there, the more resources that we have out there, the more programs to where you're intermingling. And intertwining so many different individuals of different walks of life, I think that's how you do it. I think having honest conversations for one, um, and then creating outlets for our youth. Yeah. Trying to figure out a solution for our youth. I I, I think, you know, our, our our biggest thing right now is protecting our youth and saving our own. You know what I mean? Everybody's so quick to 
to handcuff these looters, these kids that's going out here that, had, that hasn't had a decent meal in, in months, hasn't had an outlet, hasn't had a, a, a strong foundation on education um, in, in months. They're, they've, they've lost their safe haven to where they go to school and they feel protected for eight hours out the day. You know what I mean? Right. They, they miss the conversations with their teachers, their guidance counselors, their principal, you know what I mean? Their friends, you know what I mean? Um, and people so quick to just arrest people nowadays, give them a police record, put them in the system and throw them away, you know what I mean? Opposed to trying to create a foundation, a, a situation for these kids that they can learn from, they can build from, they can look at their mistakes and, and laugh years down the line like, damn, I was heading down the wrong path. I got connected with this guy. He changed my whole outlook on life. He's helped me so much. You know what I mean? Like, those type of situations need to be in place. Those type of youth coaches, you know what I mean? Like, even with the parks and things not opening up, we might not have youth, youth sports this year in Columbus. That's a whole other thing. We're, we're dealing like, with a whole pandemic like, in the it, midst of this. It, it needs to be – there, there needs to be something in place for these youth. I, I feel like those are the forgotten ones in this whole situation, man. And that's the sad part about it. I mean, I have teenage girls that's been in the house and they've been driving us crazy. You know what I mean? Like they, like, like that outlet needs to happen. Like and sports has always been an outlet there's for no kids. Summer camps for these kids. Mm-hmm. There's, there's nothing. I mean, summer camps have been canceled already. You know what I mean? Like these, these youth. I tell you what, if you, if you don't want this country to go to, to shit, then you gotta. Obviously, you know, we gotta get cures for for COVID, but we have to open it back up. For like you said, the youth, the people who are less affected by COVID, right? I know oh, they got to go would, home. I wouldn't say that, but I know they got to go home and deal with you know, uh, you know, parents and grandparents and so on and so forth. But you have to have, like you said, the outlet for the kids. You have to have the sports programs. You have to have different things in which these kids have an opportunity to to release themselves and just have fun and get away from the everyday rigors of the world. And that's been sports for a number of years. While still informing them about, you know, what's going on in the world, but allow them to have that outlet, allow them to have some ideal or some sense of normalcy. Because you don't want this to be the imprint in which they have for an entire six months, seven months, eight months. You don't want this. You don't want this for them. Because it's going to lead to so much, in my mind, yeah, they're going to be informed about things. But if all kids see is protest and looting, it's going to lead to a lot of different issues that – you know, may not be able to be fixed or eradicated moving forward in their life. Well, it's going to so. lead to a lot of different issues, but it's it's going it's gonna, it might cause like spark some ideas. Right. You know what I mean? To to do some more some more bad than than, than good, man. And and I think we need to find some outlets for these youth, man, for sure. Yeah. Oh, definitely, man. And uh, I mean, let's wrap on the show, man. We, we talked about a bunch of stuff. Um, and obviously it was mainly about the race relations and, you know, some of the things that we thought on, you know, college football and coaches and how they should, you know, take stance in universities, how they should take stance on these things and figure out different programs um, and different things that they're going to do to allow uh, their kids that they're pulling out of different areas to be comfortable and to be well-versed in how to deal with things. So, man, that's a wrap on the show. I appreciate you coming in. Um, it's been a long time, man. This is just the intro. We're going to get back to a lot of stuff. The more normal we get, we'll get back to normal. Um, and, and I mean that with the country. So thanks for listening.